This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Sadiq. I'm here with Joe. Joe, you're back this week. I Dude, I was lonely last week, man. It was not an easy podcast to do without you. I used to do solo podcasts all the time. But after doing last week, I realized that it's, it's just not the there same. There was just this this hole in your heart? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't going to go that far. But yeah, sure, <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> so so this week, uh, you know, we wanted to go over quarterback rankings um so we did obviously quarterback rankings so our original show uh where we went over all of our quarterback rankings pre-draft was april 9th so you can go check that out and that's where we really go in depth you know on a lot of these guys and and we really go over our rankings we we go over you know what the differences are between our rankings and that's kind of where you're gonna you know uh see most of like the breakdown of these players uh but you know this is kind of an update episode and more of us talking about why we're moving guys, what changed, uh, and also who we're targeting and, and whose price uh, are we willing to pay, you know, for 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 some of these quarterbacks. Um, and we'll also talk about some late round quarterbacks as well. Um, so so besides uh, like Patrick Mahomes and Rodgers, like most of my top guys, like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll just like name them real quick. Mahomes, Josh Allen. Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, and Rodgers. Are those guys in your top five as well? Uh, do you have Dak Prescott in there? Uh, Dak Prescott, I do have there instead of Rodgers. The only reason being because of the Rodgers' current situation of whether he's actually going to play or not, force retirement, sure. change teams. Um, so I added that risk into it, which is why I have, I have Rodgers at nine, solely because of that risk. Okay, got it. And, and I'm assuming that, you know, we're going to have an idea of, like, whether he retires or not, right? Like, if he retires, like, he won't be at nine, right? You, like, honestly, probably... you hope so. But it seems like every offseason, there's always this one drama that never ends until, like, week one, until we've all already right. drafted. Like, right? I couldn't even think about what it was. Like, like, three people, like, contracts, like Dalvin Cook. Joe Mixon, a couple other people waiting on contracts. Uh, Alvin, there was like uh, the suspension that ended up coming back during the season. Right. Alvin Kamara. So I feel like there's always these situations can leak into the actual season. Um, right. So yeah, until I hear anything concrete on Rodgers, he's just going to be down there. Okay. No, I, I hear you on that one. Um, and and so you have what Dak at what? What do you have him five? Five. I have him at five. Um, yeah. I have Lamar at two. I like the addition like of Rashad Bateman. I like the addition of Tylen Wallace. I think that offensive line is still very strong, even after losing Orlando Brown. 
they have Alejandro de Villanueva playing right tackle now. So, yeah, I mean, I think he's still got a great system around him. He's got, he's finally got some wide receivers, some reliable wide receivers to throw to. I love Rashad Bateman. I know you do too. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not so much for fantasy, but that's another discussion for another day. As of right now, I think Lamar Jackson is in the best situation he could be in. Um, Greg Roman. Yeah, and, you know, and, he's cheap. Guy. and he's and cheap. And he's cheap this year. Like, if, yep. if you're going to grab any, like, you know, quote-unquote middle-round quarterback, in my opinion, it's him. Like, I'm looking mm-hmm. at his ADP right now, fourth, fifth round, right? And the upside he obviously presents is, is obviously, you know, it's worth that, right? Like, I'm not a guy who picks quarterbacks early for the most part. But, like, if he's there in the fifth round, like, that's that's the move every single time, especially since they added Rashad Bateman. Uh, yep. You know, they also added Tylen Wallace, too. So, like, there's, there, he has some help there. Um, like Bateman is is likely going to be a baller in the NFL, and whether this offense can support him, like you said, as a fantasy side, is <clears throat> a different question. But he got some receivers now, and then Hollywood can hopefully get free more often, right? Like yep. the rushing upside for Lamar is the best in the league. So with that price, like I, I'm I'm perfectly fine with it. You know, so Absolutely. like him going into this year, you know, this is the cheapest you're ever going to be able to get Lamar Jackson, uh, which I'm surprised because he, you know, he did okay at the end of the year last year, man. Like, you know, it's the uh, beginning. Just you know, that's what people remember. It's so true. It's so true. Um, and, and so I do want to go back to Dak Prescott real quick. Um, and, and again, like, so he's at seven for me. Um, and and again, it's the mobility thing, right? Like, so and if you look at my, the top guys right there, like besides Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you know, guys who have like rushing floors, they're going to be up there for me, right? And right now, they're going to be ahead of Dak until I know that Dak is completely fine. Like I saw a picture of him recently, right? His right ankle is still pretty damn swollen, um, and, and and you know, no idea what his mobility is going to look like. Obviously, he's working out and all that. Um, you know, we hope for the best, but you know, at this point, like obviously we're not drafting today, but like why would I take that chance, right? Like if I miss out. Sure, like that's fine, you know. But these guys, like that, I have in the top five, top six, like they're gonna be just fine for me, right? So, uh, if Dak becomes the same guy, you know, he makes an argument to be the top fantasy quarterback, period, because of his weapons obviously, explosive pass heavy offense, his leg talent, right? He runs the ball too, uh, he has a nose for the end zone whenever he's around there. So, all amazing stuff. But if I'm drafting today, like I'm just not gonna take that chance, right? But you know, we have a lot of time, uh, let's see what he looks like in a couple months. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yo, the guy who is, t- is tough to rank for me, I mean, obviously for everybody, Deshaun Watson, right? Uh, like, I'm looking at him, and it's just like, where do I put Like, I, I just want to take him out of the rankings almost, <laughs> right? Because, like, he's around guys like Justin Herbert, you know, guys like who I, who I have a, a really good, you know, I, feeling about going into this year, right? You have Jalen Hurts yeah. with his rushing ability as well. And Hurts is going to rush, you know, more often you know, than a guy like uh, Deshaun Watson. But Deshaun Watson is, like, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So he's going to do a little bit of both, right? He's going to kill it in the air and on the ground. If we know he's going to play quarterback this year, obviously, like, he's right there. Maybe we even got to move him up a little bit, right? Uh, Even without weapons. Like, look what he did last year, dude. Like, with no weapons, right? right. Um, You know, his number one weapon is Brandon Cooks, and he he killed it. You know what I mean? And and it it was unbelievable what he did, you know, without, without Will Fuller. Um, so like, how, how are you looking at him and, and where do you have him right now? So I have Deshaun Watson at 10. Um, okay. I have him, I call it like the, like the true QB ones. You got, you know, Mahomes, Lamar, Josh Allen, Kyler, Dak, who we all mentioned. 
Uh, have Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, Aaron Rodgers in that conversation as well. So I kind of put him at the tail end of that. Um, I know you're a huge Stafford fan, and I do like Stafford too, but um, I chose Watson to kind of be the end of that category. And for me, that's important because once you get past those nine guys, it's you're looking at probably like ninth, 10th, 11th round at this point, probably even later, depending on how many people are in your draft. And when you're drafting a quarterback, huh? You'd be surprised. I'm looking at these, like, some of these best ball drafts and then some of these, like, my draft. I'm yeah, like, I'm surprised you know, these quarterbacks are going higher. Like, it's crazy. And you know what? Hopefully, it's, like, hopefully it settles out a little bit. Yeah. You know, by, and, by and a lot of times in mock drafts, too, it's really hard to merit that. But when it comes to the real draft, like, there's always guys who get mock drafted higher and then you go to the real draft yeah. and everybody avoids him and then he goes lower or whatever. So, so what I've been doing, um, like, after the, after the NFL draft is I've been looking at a combination of best ball and mock drafts. Sure. Um, you know, best ball drafts. Best ball drafts are the real drafts, right? Yeah. And, like, where people are actually putting money down. Uh, and, you know, it's and that is a little bit more of an accurate representation. Like, things can be a little bit different because in best ball, you're chasing a little bit more upside most of the time. Uh, but, you know, I, I kind of look at that and then I look at fantasy football calculator. I look at fan, uh, fantasy sure. – uh, you know, uh, fa- fantasy data as well for their ADP. So you kind of mix those all together and you kind of get a consensus ADP. That's what I like to do. Uh, but yeah, like I was surprised. Dude. Like a lot of these quarterbacks that I like are kind of going a little bit early. Like Jalen Hurts, for example. Yeah. Right? Jalen Hurts is, is he's, he, he moved up. Like I have him at nine right now. I'm eight. And right? that's because and, of Roger's situation, me having him lower than usual. Right, so he would right. be right at nine with you. So I have him right above Justin Herbert, right above Matthew Stafford. Um, and like we mentioned in the last episode, the rushing ability is there, right? Like 80 in that, in those four games, I think in those three games, he, he was rushing, he ran for 80 yards Yeah, uh, in those three games. What a lot of people don't realize about this Philadelphia Eagles situation and they kind of pin it to, uh, how unsuccessful Carson Wentz was, uh, how unsuccessful Miles Sanders was for large portions of that year and how bad Jalen Hurts looked, but they were missing their entire offensive line last year. I mean, you think about it, Jason Peters was like the only starter and he came out of retirement to play. And I'm pretty sure he even got injured at some point during the year, but Brandon Cooks was going out. Lane Johnson was out. Their left tackle, Andre Dillard, was out for large portions of the year. I believe they're even missing some other pieces too, but when it comes down to it, they drafted Landon Dickerson. Another issue being lack of weapons and wide receivers. They drafted Devontae Smith, who I think is going to be huge, for a guy like Jalen Hurts, considered they did have some small playing time together. Um, you know, honestly, it's just you kind of have to get this significant upgrade to some of these guys. You kind of have to put your expectations at, okay, what we saw was the floor in terms of playing style. We can't say floor in terms of fantasy because Hurts was killing it. And if that's really his floor, then he should be the QB1. <laughs> but when it comes to how well he plays... Uh, I think we kind of have to put that at the floor of what he's capable of with a better offensive line, adding at least one more wide receiver into that group. Who's very, very capable, even though he is a rookie. So uh, yeah, I mean, I love Jalen hurts. I could definitely see him with top five potential. Want to see more of if he's really the answer quarterback for them. And I think the Eagles believe that too. They had, they traded back. They got the extra first round pick. They brought in competition in Joe Flacco. Who's not elite. I don't care what anybody says. Um, so yeah, it's just, I I think the Eagles believe in Jalen hurts. They don't want to make the same mistake they made with Wentz, which was put a guy to pressure him behind him and then, you know, put him into some kind of panic and give him some shit season. But yeah, I think 
with the improvements the Eagles make, Jalen Hurts is a shoe in for a top five to ten season. Yeah, I agree, man. Um, and it's weird, like he, you know, I, and I'm totally fine drafting him because he truly has no competition at the position. Uh, even though, even though, like the Eagles, they haven't sh- really been showing any like real like commitment, at least to the media like to Jalen Hurts, which is so weird to me, by the way, like this organization organization is just so weird, bro. Like I, I, I don't get it. Like he's your quarterback. You traded Wentz and now he's your guy. Like, why can't you guys just like accept well, him as your quarterback? You know what I mean? It's weird. Big, a big part of it too is, uh, you know, c- coaches like to play this mind game and coaches like to um, try to develop mentally. And a lot of that is okay. Prove it. We don't want to say, Jalen Hurts is 100% our guy based on when he showed us last year. Make him prove it. Make him go to camp. Make him say, they are going to make me the starter. If you say he's the starter now, he gets too comfortable, and then maybe he doesn't learn as much. And coaches do this a lot, and teams do this a lot. Andy Dalton, QB1. If the Bears weren't able to get Justin Fields, which they were very lucky they were able to outside of the top 10, I will say as a huge Justin Fields advocate, um, if they weren't able to get their guy, they'd probably be riding it out with Andy Dalton right now. See, told you, QB1. Like, you kind of have to inspire confidence and make players, especially younger players, you have to make them work for it. And for older players, you have to ensure that they are the guy. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick, before he signed, he's like, I'm the guy, right? Like, I'm not playing unless I'm the guy. Andy Dalton, oh, yeah, QB1, that's me. So, and hey, man, what, look, what did the 49ers I mean, say about Jimmy Garoppolo this whole offseason? We don't want another quarterback. He's our guy. Why would you even say that? Trades up to three, picks Trey Lance. Haven't heard any talk about Jimmy Garoppolo being their future now. All we've heard is about him being traded. So it's all a you know a, a mental game for these coaches. I know. And it's it's interesting because like the two franchises that are doing this is the Bears and and, and the Eagles, right? Two franchises that mm-hmm. uh have pretty bad management over the past couple of years and, and, yeah, and they're playing the this, this to say the least very in a very interesting manner um but yeah man jalen hurts like you know his rushing floor is is the reason why he's going to to, to finish uh very high if he's the quarterback yeah. for the entire year um okay who else uh t- the guy i think moved down the most for me was ryan Tannehill. um yeah you know i, I moved him down a ton i think i have him at like 21 that's how it far 18 for me. Okay. So it, is, not, not too far yeah. Yeah. right there. Right. Like new offensive coordinator. And honestly, I think I moved him down to like 17 and then I started like moving guys ahead of him. You know, uh, that's kind the of rookies. what happens. <laughs> exactly. So new offensive coordinator, right. Obviously, and they're growing from within, which is fine, but who knows how successful they're going to be. Uh, we know how successful Arthur Smith was and, and to expect that again is, is a little bit, you know, it's, you can't do that. Right. You got to kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, give them you don't want to give them the benefit of the doubt that he's going to just ki- absolutely kill it and the same the offense is going to just you know be as efficient as it was especially in the passing game and that's what Tannehill was built off of right efficiency um but yeah, obviously AJ Brown will be a monster right but I don't think I don't know if it's going to be enough like he lost some <laughs> weapons right he doesn't have a, a rushing floor not just some weapons I'm, I think I'm understating it here right Corey Davis Adam Humphreys and John Smith right um, he doesn't have a rushing floor, right, to make me confident that he'll continue to be a top 12 option. Um, and ranking this low, like, might be a little bit of an overreaction, but 
I just like other guys more, right? Uh, he was always performing on efficiency, not volume over the past two seasons. And without the new like weapons in the past game, they're probably going to be extremely run heavy again, as much as they can, at least, just because this defense is it probably got even worse since last season. They're very young. Uh, on, on that side of the ball, uh, which might make him pass it more, but I'm not sure if it's that's going to be a good thing for him. Um, and I might be I overlooking think... him, but I'm okay with that. Like, if I miss out on Ryan Tannehill, yeah. like, I'll be fine. So the thing with Tannehill that kind of saves him for me, it keeps him in the, my top 20, even after losing all those guys, um, feeding A.J. Brown, I think, could be very beneficial to him. Even if AJ Brown's going to see double coverage, I think he's one, you know, one of those special talents to where um, if he's spewing it to AJ Brown the entire game, if they're in forced passing situations, I think he's one of the best guys you want to be throwing it to. Uh, he can take at least a couple of those into touchdowns. And then, you know, there's your efficiency. There's your production. Uh, that being said, I'm sure he'll have some slip ups. I'm sure he'll have some added interceptions trying to force feed a guy like AJ Brown. And then on the flip side, you add in maybe he scrambles a bit more, not having those extra guys open. Uh, I think Anthony Ferkser did okay enough, but it's definitely not, you know, Anthony Ferkser and Josh Reynolds and Des Fitzpatrick or whoever the hell they drafted. Uh, that's not a good enough supporting cast for a guy like Tannehill. So, yeah, I, I'm in agreement. He definitely dropped for me, but I think he could still be okay and manageable because of potential extra scrambling and, you know, if you want to force feed a guy, A.J. Brown isn't a bad guy to force feed. So No, no, not at all. And I just posted about him today that he's just going to be yeah, so he might, stupid. He might, <laughs> <laughs> just a stupid amount of targets, man. Like, he's going to be – it's just going to be amazing. He might lead the league in targets this year. Um, okay, so a guy that we didn't talk about last week, or maybe we did touch on him, but he wasn't in the rankings, was Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, yeah. He's quarterback 15 for me right now. Like, I feel like it might be too low, but it's tough to, like, rank him over, like, these established guys. Um, where do you have him right now? Okay, so... Did you, did you rank him? I did. I have him at 24. Now, 24, okay. I did something new with my rankings where I broke everything into tiers. So I would not be upset to see him go somewhere like 15. That doesn't upset me. I don't have him at 24 because I hate him. I have him at 24 because I think there's a lot of other great quarterbacks. Um, When it comes to upside, Fitzpatrick definitely has it. I am concerned about him being in a different system. A lot of what worked for him in Miami and other places um, was his offense coordinator, Chan Gailey, who we talked about last year. Um, Chain Gailey is his guy. He's been a coordinator with Fitzpatrick. That's where he's had all his best years with Chan Gailey. So leading that Chan Gailey system, he's definitely got great weapons with Terry. He's got Logan Thomas, Curtis Samuel, Diami Brown, uh, Antonio Gibson. He's got great weapons. So I think he'll still be good. But if we're looking for explosive Ryan Tannehill in a different system, I'm a little bit skeptic. I'm also a little bit skeptic because the Reds, Redskins, sorry, the Washington football team, did not add uh, any quarterbacks. And usually they'd be like, oh, why are you skeptic? Because what if they really like Taylor Heineke? Yeah, what if they, very, very like, possible. It's not impossible for Heineke to get some work during the year. And if this is a team, if, if they're in the playoffs, then I understand. But do you really think like Brian Fitzpatrick could take a team to the Super Bowl? Yes. Maybe they believe that. Maybe they don't. You think? They, uh, listen, I think. The, with that I defense, think they, I think exactly. they could. 
Yeah, I think their their point. team is is uh, so much better than people think, man. Like I think they're the most underrated team going into this year. You know, maybe sure, them and the Browns. Maybe them and the Browns. Right, but people already know the Browns. At the same time, at the same time, Ryan Fitzpatrick was on the border of retiring. So, and they know this is his last year in the NFL, right? Unless he kills it, wins the Super Bowl. Which you know, <laughs> how, how big of a chance is that? Maybe he'll continue. Well, if he but wins the Super Bowl, I bet you, I bet you he retires after that. Yeah, <laughs> I, he, he, there you go. Maybe so. Yeah, no matter what, it's looking like he's going to retire after this year. Don't doesn't the Washington Football Team want to know what they have in terms of other options sure. on this team? Maybe Taylor it, Heineke give him a game or two, see how he does with all these weapons, see if he has some potential for the future. It's not a it, huge concern. And when it comes to these late round guys, I want huge upside. And uh, Fitzpatrick might have that, but again, I don't see him going up past the top ten quarterback. Yeah, I mean, he's somebody that I'm, I'm perfectly fine with targeting late. Like, I think he's going uh, in the fourteenth round, something yeah. like that. You know, so like he's definitely somebody that I'll be aiming for like super late, uh, just because I feel like you know he has the weapons. You know, um, he has a, a, a you know good offensive coordinator. He has like weapons out of the backfield. He has weapons, and he has guys who fit his skill set, right? So I just I I think that he kind of fits into an offense that's kind of ready uh, for a quarterback to to take them to the next level. So um, I'm perfectly fine like drafting him super late um, and him being my quarterback one going into the year. And listen, mm-hmm. when you're drafting a quarterback that late, like you're not really investing much, right? Quarter you pick up quarterbacks all the time. You can stream guys all the time every single year after week one, week two, week three. You're picking up quarterbacks who end up being like top six, seven guys uh, out of nowhere, it's going to happen. I'm not going to tell you who it is. Yep. I have no idea. Um, but it always happens. So, like, you know, if, if there's a situation where Fitzpatrick does Fitzpatrick type of things where, you know, the coach is like, all right, well, you know, thank you for your service for these three weeks, five weeks, seven weeks, and we're going to bring in another guy. Like, you know, you have options. It's not the end of the world. So um, if you're trying to load up on those slow positions and load up on depth at running back, wide receiver, that sort of thing, uh, take some shots at late round tight ends, I'm perfectly fine going Fitzpatrick, um, you know, super late. My, um, I do I do like the situation a little bit. My my prediction for Fitzpatrick is that he ends up being the best quarterback streamer of 2021. <laughs> yeah, man. He ends up and being like, like he, he, he probably, ah, let's pick up Ryan. Like, screw it. He, he's probably like he probably has that title like three times already. Like he's the three time <laughs> champion in like you know waiver wire. You know, hero, he's the best rental quarterback know. you can get. Hundred percent, man. And like and that's the thing. Like you never know if he's gonna play a full season. Yep. You know, um, but, but but we'll see how that goes. Um, uh, I'm also okay. Let's see. Let's see who else. Um, who else did I move up? Um, I'm probably gonna take a shot on like Trey Lance. You know, assuming he's a starter, hell you know, yeah. To get, you know, Jimmy Grapple. I don't think he's gonna be the guy there. Uh, rushing ability, system, weapons. Such a good landing spot for him. We we talked about this so much over the past couple of weeks already. Thousand yard season, uh, but a lot of that on design runs, like most of that, seventy five percent of that on design runs. So I'm hoping he's in a situation where Cal lets him run, maybe design some runs for him. Uh, you remember, you know, we had you had they had a guy, you know, RG three played on the Shanahan, you know, in, in Washington. Um, hopefully that he designed some stuff for him, you know, and he has that rushing floor. So uh, he's at quarterback 16 right now, ahead of Jameis Winston, ahead of Kirk Cousins, ahead of T- Tannehill. Um, you know, for some people that might be a little crazy, particularly maybe Cousins, maybe Tannehill, but um, that, that's kind of how I view uh, him going into the year. I love Trey Lance. When he's actually starting, 
he's going to be a top 10 quarterback um, pretty easily for me. When it comes to that rushing ability, when it comes to the weapons he has, when it comes to such a favorable offensive scheme uh, and a defense that kind of lost a good amount of its strength, they have Nick Bosa, but that secondary has been, you know, they have a lot of holes in that secondary. That linebacker group has really gotten worse over the years. So um, I think Trey Lance is in a fantastic spot to be a huge playmaker. He doesn't make mistakes. Um, and look, if you're drafting, right. Once you get past that tier one of quarterbacks that I was talking about earlier, you go past Aaron Rodgers, Watson, um, you know, Justin Herbert, those guys, Jalen hurts. You get to an area of, okay, I'm going to have to get this guy late. Would you rather have a reliable quarterback that late that could get you by each week with like 15 ish, 15 plus points, or would you rather take a shot on the guy who get you 20 to 25 points a week or more likely more in a great system, great offense, great weapons. You may not be able to use him week one, but he'll likely be available by the time your starting quarterback goes in a bye week. So uh, what I would love to do is pair Trey Lance. You know, not, not even pair it. You can draft Trey Lance late as your quarterback one, take the Ryan Fitzpatrick route, stream quarterback for however long you need to, and then dump him and start Lance once he becomes a starter. And I think that's, a great path. It's a really cheap path you could take and you can compete with, uh, you know, potentially compete with this Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, Aaron Rodgers type players with a guy you got in the 14th round. So um, that's a path I'm going to look to use a lot this year. I, I'm fine streaming for the first couple weeks. I don't think it's going to cost me a title. And I really don't think I'm going to have to wait long for Lance to end up being the guy in San Francisco. There's always this talk early, like, oh, we're going to let Jimmy Garoppolo play the whole year. It never happens. It never happens. These rookie quarterbacks see their chance early and often. So yeah, that's I, I, my I, I, strategy. I, I hear that. And I, I like that. I do. Because uh, you, you invest just a couple of, like very late round picks in these guys. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have one of them sitting on your bench um, until you're ready to move on. Right. And um, I, I do like that. Now, with Trey Lance, like I, I do hope that he runs the ball. Right. Like I, yeah. I, am, I don't know for sure what kind of rusher he's going to be in the NFL in terms of, is he going to tuck it and run it? Is he going to check it down a lot? Is he going to go through his progressions? Like, what is he going to do? We haven't seen him play last year either. And the type of offense that he was on benefited and, and statted his numbers a lot uh, in terms of, especially in the, in the running game. So I'm hoping that he's like a Dak Prescott type of player potentially where like, you know, he's obviously he's not going to tuck and run it all the time. He's more mm-hmm. of a pocket guy, but you know, he'll get you, you know, for 500 yards in a season, which definitely adds up. Not only that, when you're near the goal line, he's a big guy. He's like oh, yeah. 6'4", 230. This guy is going to be, you know, getting those goal line touchdowns too. So, like, if he can rack up five to six rushing touchdowns next year as mm-hmm. well, those type of things are going to add to his ceiling, uh, you know, in a big way. So, I actually looked into the 49 quarterbacks. What do you have him ranked, by the way? So, I have him ranked around, like, quarterback. I have him right now at quarterback 18. Right. Okay. Or 19, rather. I think I had Tannehill at 18. Um, that's 100% going to change as the months go by. Uh, even now, talking about it, I'm probably going to end up putting you inside my top 15 because ranking. Listen, after you, talk to, after you talked about him, I'm going to put him in my top five, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
<laughs> no, but point being, like, I'm definitely going to move him up higher because rankings aren't necessarily who do we think is going to finish higher. It's a combination of a ton of things, including who do we like the most, who do you think you're going to get the most value out of. At least that's how I look at it. So yeah, Trey Lance is a guy I really, really like. I think you're going to get a ton of value out of a guy like Trey Lance. So top 15, I'm going to move him into that area. Um, with the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan started in 2017 as the head coach for the 49ers. It was a year after Colin Kaepernick had his last year. So they haven't really had that, you know, that rushing quarterback. The closest thing they had is CJ Beathard, who has been a backup for them for a while. They kind of used him a little bit as a rusher and he did well as a rusher too, but um, they haven't had this type of guy. I think Lance is going to get, like you said, some opportunity in the rushing game as a runner. But when he does in that run zone running scheme with his ability as a rusher, you know, I, I think it's going to be one of the situations if he gets three runs, I wouldn't be surprised to see him go over 50 yards in each game. Like that I should love. be, if he's scrambling, it should be an easy 20, whatever plus yards. And if he's getting 50 a game, uh, you know, whatever the hell the math ends up being on that, he's probably going to end up with like 800. I would love some read options, man. I think it's very I possible, would, even if he gets limited rushing abilities. 100%, man. I would love some read options. On the read yeah, options? I mean, think about it. This, this this scheme is already amazing, right? And then you and then you add read option on top of that, and like defenses are trying to figure out whether Trey Lance is holding onto the ball. Yeah. That's going to benefit everybody, man. It's going to benefit these running backs, Trey Lance, obviously, this whole entire offense. Um, George Kittle, too, with those, yep. you, know, uh, you know, with those routes, you know, side to side, like, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be good. It's gonna be very interesting to watch. If I was a Fort Dennis fan, <laughs> I would be so pumped for this year, man. They're so close <laughs> to the Super Bowl. Um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm I have a lot of Fort Dennis friends, so I'm 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 rooting for them. Absolutely. So we have no idea who the starter is going to be in New Orleans. Like if if you're if you're a betting person, uh, right now Jameis is the favorite, um, sure. but not by much. Um, so we still don't know who that's going to be now. I'm ranking him like I know that he's a starter. So I moved him up above Kirk Cousins. I moved him up above Ryan Tannehill. So for me, like, you know, Winston's a gunslinger, right? Uh, I think he's going to be taking deeper shots, right? Who? You know, Drew, Drew Brees wasn't that guy, you know, at the end of his career. Um, taking deep shots to who? Michael Thomas. Taking deep shots to Michael Thomas. Taking deep shots. Listen, man, Michael Thomas... He's a great route runner. Why was he running these sl- these slant routes? Because he's the Drew he's a, the yeah. best the best slant router in the world. No, I don't think so, man. I think Michael Thomas is going to start to run more short, more intermediate, more deeper routes than he used to, right? And I think he's good at the, he's good at a contested catch as well. So I do think that he's going to expand that route tree this year. Um, Traquan Smith, he's somebody that you got to pay attention to as well. Yeah. Late, uh, he he's he he's someone who can stretch the field. He gets constant separation, man. Drew Brees just wasn't hitting him. He wasn't even looking over there. You know what I mean? Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, you know, he was separating too deep. But where did Emmanuel Sanders catch his balls? <laughs> right? Intermediate, short to intermediate, yeah. that sort of thing. Um, so so that's kind of – obviously, Sanders not on the team anymore. But my, my point is that now these guys can start to slim the ball a little bit deeper. Sean Payton, amazing, you know, offensive mind. He's going to be able to figure this out. Um, and he has some underrated weapons, you know, so he's my quarterback 17. Um, I do think that Taysom Hill is going to affect him, affect Kamara in terms of like stealing some touchdowns here and there. Uh, but I do think that Jameis Winston, even if he throws some picks, 
I think this is a safer offense, right? When, when you're running, you know, uh, you know, a different type of offense, right? Like, you know, you're going to, especially like dirt cutter, right? Where it's like a slinging, sl- sling the ball type of offense. Yep. Um, you know, you're going to make some mistakes. So I do think that if anybody can calm those down, uh, it's, it's, it's probably going to be uh, uh, Sean Payton. Uh, but we'll see. There's a lot. We have no idea who the quarterback is, but I'm, I'm interested to see uh, who that guy's going to be. I just love that the season after Winston throws at 30 interceptions, he immediately gets like laser eye surgery. I thought that was <laughs> hilarious. Nice touch by Jameis. Um, it, it is. I, I want to add one more thing to that. Sure. This guy's training videos that go up like every so often is like no. the funniest like no he he does the funniest things in his training like i just saw one like two days ago with him um like he closed his eye he was in a basketball gym <laughs> and he closes his eyes and like he throws the ball into the hoop and like he makes it which is impressive but it's impressive for like like a guy who's trying to like make it on instagram right like sure. not like james winston like what why are you sh- why are you doing that? Like, is that part of I'm your sure training? he hired some special trainer who's like, this is going to help your mobility <laughs> in the dark. And you can see with your eyes closed, you can see with your eyes open. Oh my god, he's got exactly some bullshit trainers spewing so, all this shit right now. I don't know um, where he hires his trainers, man. I think he hires his trainers from like Fiverr.com or something. I, I don't could know. Could be. Like, maybe yeah, he'll maybe. see me on online on Fiverr. So <laughs> when it comes to these New Orleans quarterbacks, I am not underesting underestimating Sean Payton. And when I say that, I don't mean that in a good way. I mean that in like the worst way possible. Because what I think of is, okay, Jameis Winston is the starter. First of all, is that going to change down the line? Does Jameis have one bad game with three or four interceptions? And then it's a Fitzpatrick to a situation where you don't know who's going to be the starter the next week. That's one concern. Second concern. They're both starters. Right, we cannot put this past Sean Payton. We, if you thought Taysom Hill was going to work into Drew Brees' workload, just wait till you see how much uh, Taysom Hill works into Jameis Winston's workload. I think this is going to be a situation where we're going to see the first quarterback committee, and it's it's not going to be pretty. I, you're going to have to bet on which guy does what. I think Taysom at that point has more upside as the runner, um, and obviously there's no there hasn't been any talk of like this happening. But I'm not underestimating Sean Payton. Um, Unless Sean Payton 100% says, and even if he does, even if Payton comes out and says, Winston is a million percent our guy. He's going to start every single game. We are just using Taysom as this gadget guy. He will not affect James Winston. Even if he says that, that, I'll still be skeptical. Because I think think he wants to use Taysom Hill. And I think Taysom Hill has been vouching for this opportunity at quarterback. And I think he did okay enough last year to at least get a little more opportunity. Even if he loses the quarterback competition, I think he'll still see some reps at quarterback. And I think it's going to be, a, he's going to affect Winston a lot more than he affected breeze or did would have affected breeze if he continued playing. So that's my biggest concern for Winston. That being said, I have him in the twenties. Um, if Taysom Hill is hurt and Winston's a starter, whatever the case, a, a starting Jameis Winston is going to be in my top 20, top 15, but this, confusing situation of Sean Payton and not knowing what he's going to do on a week to week basis. Winston cannot be in my top 20. hundred percent. I totally understand that. And I think Taysom Hill, I mean, listen, if I, if I were to guess like, you know, several months ago, um, who was going to be the starter, I would have guessed Taysom Hill because he, they won their, they won all their games. 
<laughs> with Taysom Hill, except one, right? They, they lost by three points to the Eagles, but they won their game. So, like, I, I don't see why, you know, Sean Payton, unless he has certain things that he really wants to do with his offense, um, I don't see why Sean Payton would actually go towards Jameis Winston. The only reason why uh, that's the case, it's, you know, the, the, reading the tea leaves here and there, it seems like he's going to be their guy. But like you said, there could be a lot of fuckery that happens with this quarterback situation. So there could be a situation, be. like you said, where Taysom Hill's coming in a lot more because it's not Drew Brees that you're taking off the field. It's just Jameis. It's just, it's merely Jameis Winston, <laughs> right? So I, I, I can totally see that. Now, this is a situation where when I ranking him at QB 17, where he's like the guy, right? And Jameis okay. Winston, he's going at the end of your draft. Like he's barely yeah. being drafted. So he's one of those guys, literally the same exact situation as Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, and Trey Lance I, to the point where you want a guy with upside, right? If you're picking out of these top, if you're picking a quarterback yeah. to have passed around 10 or 11, you want a guy who could be that quarterback one. You're not going to draft. Like, that's why I hate Derek Carr for fantasy. And that's a lot of people, every time I make a ranking, they're like, why is Derek Carr so low? He was QB 24 in points per game. Can I say something? Yeah. Raider, Ra- if you're a Raiders fan and you're listening to this, I don't under, like, listen, I love you. I love you. <laughs> but, like, I don't understand why you guys don't Passionate. get it. Like, I'll give you that. Sure. But, like, and a lot of Raiders fans are cool as hell, man. But, listen, like, I don't get it with Derek Carr. Like, he's not that. he's not the MVP. He's not, like, one of the best quarterbacks ever. He's, he's, not. Not, he's not a fantasy option at all. So, like, when you hear us talk, not talking about Derek Carr because he's irrelevant or if you hear us talking about him and saying that he's he sucks for fantasy, like, that's just being objective. Like, no one starts Derek Carr in their fantasy lineup and is happy about it, okay? Yeah. You know what's so funny, too, is, like, I just explained to you my hatred of James Winston. I have Winston at 29 and Derek Carr at 30. Like, it's so funny. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, look, Derek Carr is not – He's not interesting. He's he's not someone with Derek, upside. He could probably get you through the week with fifteen to twenty points if you're lucky. Um, I have Carr at thirty. I have him. At, I have him at thirty also. Why do I have Zach Wilson under Derek Carr? I gotta move him. That's a mistake. I probably, I, I probably just not that I'm a huge Zach Wilson advocate, but just no, anybody you, you, above Derek. Carr. You know the is, only people like, I have under Derek Carr is Jared Goff, Jimmy Garoppolo. Um. Well, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo, but I'm trying to think. It was like 32 teams. There should be at least oh Drew Locke because Teddy Bridgewater. Drew Locke. I actually have Drew Locke above one one above Derek Carr. I don't hate that either. <laughs> yeah, because he look at look at his weapons, dude. Like it is it's it's hard not to happen. It's yeah, but happen. they're splitting snaps right now. Drew Locke and Teddy are splitting snaps. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We'll we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um so. yeah, I, I don't know what to expect there, man. We'll, <laughs> we'll see. Um yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what happens in New Orleans. Um, but there, it could be a situation where one of these guys like is the quarterback. It'll be interesting. If it's Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill has to be in the top ten, right? Like you know, if he if he's like, hey, like he's the guy, you know, and he continues to be the starter. Like let's say you see him one week and he's like the guy in week two. Like I'm starting his ass. Almost yeah, everywhere. that's you know? a situation where I'd say, okay, I I believe Peyton in this realm right. because if Jameis Winston didn't do well enough to earn some type of role, I don't think he's. Um, I, don't, I don't think he's demands a role, unlike right. Taysom Hill, who no matter the situation will demand some type of role. So yeah. um, okay. that's where I'd be okay with taking Taysom Hill. Another guy moved up uh, a little bit was Carson Wentz. Uh, he's up a bit to quarterback <clears throat> 20. I, I feel like QB 20 is a little low for Wentz, um, but that's where I'm going to rank him conservatively. Um, I have more faith in that system. 
sure. than I do in like Tennessee, for example, right? Where China Hill is like lower, right? I, I don't know what to expect there, but I do like the fact that Wentz and Frank Wright, you know, were able to reunite. And I do think the quick passing game is going to help Wentz. I, and I do think he has, he's someone who does have upside, right? He's not someone who's going to run the ball a ton, but he does have upside in terms of his passing ability. So if they can get it right there, he could be somebody that moves into like the top 15 at some point. Yeah, I, I'm a fan of Wentz. Um, they just signed Eric Fisher at left tackle. I don't know how ready he's going to be given his injury. Um, that's kind of a big piece to miss when you're Carson Wentz. The wide receivers aren't great right now. T.Y., Pittman, Campbell, it's still better wide receiver group than he did have uh, in Philly. Tight end group, not looking at much right now. By the way, watch out for Mo Ali Cox. If they don't add anyone, just saying. I think we're all waiting the impending Zach Ertz release slash trade. Whenever that happens, if it even ends up happening at this point. Uh, I, hope it doesn't, it does. I hope it doesn't happen to the Colts, though, because I feel like like targets to Ertz is just like <clears throat> it's just buzzkill. Right? It's just like he's not going to do anything with it. So yeah. just just leave him off the team. Right. Just like don't sign him. You know, give the ball to other guys who can actually make a play. You know what I mean? Sure. Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell, T.Y. Hilton. These guys can make plays, right? Targets to Zach Ertz, it, it's just – it doesn't do much for you besides I mean, just move the ball five, six yards. I'm not totally giving up on Zach Ertz. He did have an awful year. He was dealing with injuries. Um, I will say that he – I mean, he still can be a possession-type receiver. He yeah. still can be It's third down. Let me go to my safety net, and that could help exactly. Carson Wentz, especially because right now at tight end, Jack Doyle has not been able to stay healthy. He's really fell off a cliff since being a, a Pro Bowl tight end, which, by the way, is my biggest argument for when people say, oh, but he's a Pro Bowler. So was Jack Doyle two years ago. Like, are we? do we really care about this? Um, Mo Ali Cox, easily my favorite. I don't know why we're talking about Mo Ali Cox right now. Um, <laughs> I just kind of got into well, that. Listen, I mean, Frank Reich lo- <laughs> likes to feature his tight ends. Right. Yeah. Um, the, the, the tight end position was uh, very distributed last year. Um, mm-hmm. But um, what's his name? Isn't on the team anymore. Trey Burton. Right. Trey Burton's on the team anymore. So who actually does bit... have familiarity with Carson Wentz. So I was surprised about that. He actually came from uh, Philly originally and yeah. then went to Chicago. Right. He, he was now. sitting behind yeah. Zach Ertz over there. Yep. Um, yeah. No, that, and that makes sense. <laughs> but at the same time, like the fact that the targets might be a little bit more concentrated to exactly. the tight ends. Uh, that'd be a good thing. So it's good to point out more Ali Cox, especially if Jack Doyle gets hurt. Yeah. Um, so I, I initially moved Tua up a bit. Uh, my, I initially had him at 27, okay, uh, in our first episode. And then I started moving guys ahead of him. And now he's back at 27. <laughs> and, and I know he got some shiny new weapons, right? Like he got Will Fuller. He got Jalen Waddle. He has Devontae Parker, Mike Gusecki, Miles Gaskin out of the backfield. But too long. For some much along, okay, but I can't, <laughs> I can't rank him above. Get this, I can't rank him above Daniel Jones. I can't rank him above Big Ben. Okay, uh, listen, like I know, I get it. Like for me, like Daniel Jones, like he has he has good weapons too, right? He has Galladay now. Um, he has a big play. He, he has a big play guy, right? Um, you know, he has Kadarius Tony now, like who'll be who'll be good on those screens and all that. Shepard, um, Slayton. He has Evan Ingram or whatever, right? But he has more rushing upside than Tua, right? I'm not like Tua doesn't run the ball, right? So like I'm not a fan of Daniel Jones at all. Like, but like obviously we're in the weeds now and at the quarterback 20s. But you know, like 
Ben Roethlisberger, his weapons are amazing. Yeah, he can't throw it deep, you know, like he used to, but he's going to be just fine. Like, he has Najee too now, um, and they're going to be relatively pass-heavy again because of that offensive line isn't going to be able to sustain, uh, you know, an amazing run game for, for real football purposes. Um, so, yeah, like, I, I want to move Tua up, but I just haven't seen enough out of Tua last year, and he doesn't have a rushing floor. Um, and then on top of that, like, his weapons aren't necessarily reliable. Right, like, is he going to be throwing it up to Devontae Parker all the time? If Will Fuller ends up getting hurt again, right? If Devontae Parker, you know, he's not the epitome of health either. Jalen Waddle, Jalen Waddle, like, he's probably going to start in the slot. That should help him out a little bit. Um, but I just don't know what to expect, so I have to rank him low. I have two at twenty-one. I have him right above Daniel Jones. Ben Roethlisberger sitting at twenty-five. Um, with with Big Ben for me, it's the injury. I mean, this dude. Barely had a shoulder, barely had an arm last year. Um, you know, the, the lack of upside given his age and the fact that he has no offensive line protecting him now. Uh, you know, last year, the, the difference from his offensive line last year is, and this year is drastic. Um, Alejandro Villanueva is gone. I think they lost Ramon Foster. They lost their Pro Bowl all-star center, Pouncey. So, yeah, a lot is going in the opposite direction for Big Ben. Um, having Najee there is great, and you know, getting Juju back and having those wide receivers is fine. Pat Freemuth, whatever. Just the, the the risk factor in him getting injured and constantly being under pressure just makes me completely out on Big Ben. Um, he'll probably still be serviceable. <laughs> well, I mean, are, are we in on any of these guys? Like when they're in the twenties, like probably not. No, right? but again, I think it comes to the upside factor in Daniel Jones. I, I agree that he has upside, but this is going to be what the third year of Daniel Jones. There, there's been moments, um, you know, there hasn't been a ton of moments where he's had like all of Barkley and Shepard and Ingram and Tate and whoever on the field at the same time. So I understand that. My only concern is the Giants downgraded in offensive line as a whole. When it comes to last year, this year, um, which is not good. They lost Kevin Zeitler, and that's kind of it. They didn't really fill that hole in a big way. So I'm, I'm worried, you know, he, he's got Kenny Galladay now. Okay, look, for me, I, I talked about upside. Tua last year, not great. He did not have good wide receivers. He just had Parker, and he was in and out. Uh, he was constantly being benched for Ryan Fitzpatrick. He had no offensive line. They did add some pieces in the offseason to at least help him in that respect. He's got Jalen Waddle, his buddy from college, who Waddle had his best year uh, with Tua. You know, injuries obviously being in question there. But w- when it comes down to it, I-, I just like the upside of a guy like Tua more than I like the upside of a guy like Jones, right? Like, I, I like the improvement that the Dolphins made around Tua from last year to this year to the point where we don't know what Tua is. If it's been two years and Tua didn't look great, then I'd say, okay, you know, maybe I like this guy better. But Tua could do a complete 180 and be that number three overall pick that he was chosen at. Um, He didn't turn the ball over a ton last year. He had some good moments. He had some bad moments. But overall, I, I think there's a lot of room for growth for a guy like Tua. And for Daniel Jones, he's still having a turnover issue. He, he's got the weapons now, but we've already seen two years of Daniel Jones, and he's gone downhill since then. I think his rookie year was better. He, he showed more flashes his rookie year than he did last year. So I, yeah, no I have my concern. Yeah, but, no doubt. I mean, he definitely yeah. looked better his first year for sure. Um, yeah, but for me, it really comes down to the rushing ability. It comes down okay. to 
not see much in Tua. Like I like I don't want to look at Tua and say like okay he's young and he could improve in in a way that you know I'm not I can't foresee. I can't see it, but you know he can improve because he, because he's younger. You know what I mean. And it's tough for me to do that because I got to see something before I just say that okay, he's younger, he has a chance to to improve. Now, a lot of these rankings at this point, you know, in the twenties, it really I don't know if I'm drafting a lot of these guys or any of these guys because yeah. these guys are going to be on waivers, Probably right? <laughs> um, but what what it comes down to for for me is what I'm what I think about right when I'm ranking these guys like Ben sure. and, and all these guys is like okay, let's say I'm in week eight. And I need a quarterback streamer. Who is more likely in my in my head? I'm like, who is more likely to be the guy that I'm going to be picking up off of waivers to start that week? You know what I'm saying? Because obviously we're not drafting quarterback 20 and 21. And, and obviously if you're in a super flex, you are going to be doing that. Uh, but that's kind of how I think about it too. It's like, who is going to be the guy who's going to be putting up a little bit more, you know, more consistent numbers or, or, or that sort of thing. Now, if you're going to be choosing a guy you know, like as far as like, you know, you're going to draft them, you're going to put them in your, on your, on your roster and you're going to hope that they become something at the end of the year. That's completely different. Right. Um, like Ben Roethlisberger, isn't somebody who I'm going to be drafting, keeping him on my roster and then hopefully be able to start sure. him, you know, in, in 10 years. Right. I'm going to be doing that with Justin Fields. Right. I'm going to be doing that with Trey Lance. I'm going to be doing it with those type of guys, uh, even Zach Wilson, right. Like those type of guys who, who nobody wants to draft. Um, at, you know, almost as much as these guys, but except the the guys that I mentioned have a ton of upside for them to actually sit on your bench. If you're in a two quarterback league, right, and you know, if you're a two quarterback redraft league, then you then you want to know like, okay, who who are these guys? Who are these guys uh, who I can keep on my roster, and I'm going to be starting these guys every single week. So in that respect, it's pretty important to kind of understand like who these guys are going to be uh, in terms of you know starting them right off the bat, right, right. Now, if you're in a two quarterback league, how are you how are you approaching it? What is usually your approach here? Are you even considering any of these bottom guys, even as your third quarterback, or are you hoping that you get three quarterbacks out of like the top eighteen to twenty guys? Yeah. So, with two quarterbacks, what I try and do. Usually there's always that rookie quarterback that um, hopefully you can get at the tail end of your draft. So what I would do is I would aim to either anchor my quarterback position with one of the top, top guys, you know, get a top five guy and then draft the other two later and have one as a rotational backup. And then, you know, between the two who has a better matchup, whatever, Um, or I'll take it the route of I'll get two guys in that nine to 10 well, I guess at this point, the two quarterback would be earlier, but get two of those guys who would fall in that 15 to 20 range and then back it up with a high upside rookie like a um, like a Trey Lance or Zach Wilson, if needed, or whatever. And Justin Fields, more likely. But um, yeah, you know, in a two quarterback, you want that third guy to be an upside guy. You don't want that third guy to be Derek Carr. But I will say, we keep shitting on Derek Carr. I love it. But I will say that any quarterback is better than no quarterback in some circumstances, right? If you're in a place where, look, if you don't draft that third quarterback, you don't have a guy to come in. Like, you don't have a rotational guy. Like, if you don't pick Derek Carr right here, your next option is Taysom Hill. Or your next option is Jared Goff or Drew Locke, who may not even be the starter. So in those situations... That's when I would take a guy like Derek Carr, but that's like last resort 
um, you know, last pick of your draft. If you don't pick Carr here, you're not going to have that third quarterback behind you for those bye weeks. And it's going to be hard to acquire one later. Um, yeah, you know, I, and, I, I totally agree with that. And you have to go with that starting quarterback because he's definitely the starter there. So you can't go with a guy like Taysom Hill um, as your third quarterback because if one of your quarterbacks get hurt and Taysom's not the guy, what are you going to do? You're going to have to make some drastic moves to obtain, you know, to trade for a quarterback, and you don't want to do that, yep. right? Um, Taysom Hill is somebody that you want to get maybe as your fourth guy, you know, if you if you're shooting for that upside, and something that's something you could do because if he becomes somebody, you can trade, you know, that third quarterback that you picked up, you know, if somebody else's quarterback gets hurt. Last year, what I did in one of my leagues, it was a super flex league. Um, I drafted Russell Wilson early. I waited on a second quarterback and I ended up going back to back. I got Justin Herbert and I got Tyrod Taylor. So that way I was set in a sense of at least one of these guys was starting. And then my third quarterback was Derek Carr, who after my bye week, I used him, traded him away for some value and wrote out the rest of the year. But um, it's an interesting strategy. So if you're going to, if you're in a situation where you don't have a good backup and you need one, you can always double up, Justin Fields, Andy Dalton with like, you know, pick Andy Dalton with like your very last pick and just ensure that you have a starting quarterback for that situation. So if you want to avoid Derek Carr um, and you just need one guy to be your backup, then pick up a guy like Andy Dalton if you already have Fields and, um, you know, secure that starting quarterback position and then drop them after the bye week, whatever, or once the other guy's a starter. So one guy I actually – have above the guys that I mentioned, Daniel Jones and Ben Roethlisberger, and you're gonna you're gonna find this kind of funny. This is quarterback twenty four, quarterback twenty four. Okay, Sam Darnold, you got it. I knew it. I knew it. So I know he hasn't shown it, but and he doesn't have rushing upside. But I do believe in the system. I believe in the weapons. He had zero weapons in New York, right? He had Gibson Crowder. Okay, no system in New York. Right, and now he has DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. They just added Terrace Marshall, reunited with Joe Brady, and he has a, a great offensive coordinator in Joe Brady. Obviously, has Christian McCaffrey. Right, I mean, I like Darnold's chances to be a dark horse this year. Right, he'll definitely take more deep shots than Teddy did last year. Right, he has a better mm-hmm. shot at connecting on those deep shots. Um, listen, Teddy's a game manager. Right, we know that. Right, he's always been a game manager, and I thought. The weapons and the system was good enough for Teddy to potentially be a fantasy contributor last year, but he continued to be the same guy he's always been. Um, but like, I'm kind of back on that wagon this year because of the added weapons. And I like Darnold as more of an aggressive quarterback. Um, so I definitely moved him up. Like he was like probably like 30, 31 or 32 for me, something like that. Um, but yeah. he, he moved up. He moved up for me because I do think he has some upside in this year. When it comes to, I, I talked about before, Tua being able to make this 180 and be the guy that he was drafted to be, I think Sam Darnold's in that same boat. I know it's been a lot longer. Uh, I mentioned, you know, Daniel Jones, what we saw in two years wasn't good. But Sam Darnold is kind of a different situation. He's had too many offensive coordinators, and anything with Adam Gase, you kind of have to just cancel out, right? Yeah. You just kind of have to say, like, all right, let's, don't count this. Uh, he's on a different team now. He's got a much better offensive system. He's got much better weapons. Uh, he's got a place that clearly believes in him. They did not draft a quarterback. They haven't any made any moves to suggest they don't believe in Sam Darnold. Uh, Justin Fields was on the board. A lot of people thought the Panthers might bite and take uh, Fields there because they apparently loved him. But no, they stuck with Darnold. They're going to have him be their guy. So 
Yeah, I think Darnold's one of these guys who can take 180. I have him, I have him 27. Um, you know, it was just about one of those 20 things. But I, I'm upset that I have him at 27. I want to put him higher. He deserves. He could be in that top, you know, 15, 20 range. Um, I definitely like him more than Derek Carr. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a theme of this episode. Um, um, I have a question for you. Sure. Where do you have Cam Newton? That's the guy I was going to talk about next. Ooh, um, I, I, I have him at quarterback 18, man. Pretty high. Pretty high. Um, now, listen, he's one of those guys where you don't know if he's going to start the whole year. Um, I have a feeling that he's going to start more games than people think. Um, mm-hmm. He has much better weapons than he had last year. Uh, I do think he can bounce back. Uh, his rushing upside, touchdown upside, very, very obvious, but it's still very much there. Great offensive line. Um, I think he could do some things this year, man. And he's one of those guys you can pick up late, like we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. At the very least, you can stream him for a couple of games. And he gives you a ton of upside. He's going to give you top five upside, um, you know, if you're looking for a streamer super late, if you're looking for that second quarterback in a super flex league, um, you know, to pair with that third third or fourth quarterback. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm perfectly fine taking Cam Newton super late uh, if you're looking for a streamer. Ooh. It sucks because with Cam, I, I feel like I almost know that he's going to start the whole year. I, I think I, I feel like they want Mac to just sit and learn. And by the way, he's not going to learn anything from Cam. The Patriots actually signed Brian Hoyer to be kind of like a mentor for um, for Mac this offseason, which I love. I love that move for the Patriots because they really didn't have anyone to mentor him. I had someone give me a comment of like, oh, Brian Hoyer's not a great quarterback. Why would you want him to? There's plenty of guys who are, you know, book smart or playbook smart, but not great quarterbacks. I mean, Sean McVay was an NFL player at one point. Um, Kellen Moore, he wasn't, he was a career backup. Now he's this great offensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys. Zach Taylor at one point was a quarterback as well. So there are plenty of guys who are, you know, playbook smart, but not actually great quarterback. So I think Hoyer is a very similar quarterback to Mac. I think you can learn a lot from him, but I really think Cam is going to be in this situation where his situation has significantly improved from last year. And if he does end up starting 17 games, he's easily a top 10 to 15 quarterback. For me, it's just about unnecessary risk. It's just about, am I willing to draft him? You probably don't have to draft him at this point. And if I can draft him later, that's fine. But as opposed to getting one of these rookies that could take over that starting role, you have a guy who's going to lose potentially that starting role. So if you're taking Cam Newton as your backup quarterback, when your starter has a bye week, there's a chance he's not there. There's a chance that's a wasted pick at that point. Um, So that's why I view Cam as unnecessary risk. I think, like you said, I think he is going to start more than half the season, or you didn't say that, but more specifically, I think he's going to start more games than people think. But there is that risk factor of when the Patriots are like, all right, Mac, go ahead. We just want to see what you got. We want to see what you can do with your rookie year. And most rookie quarterbacks do end up getting some type of work. So, uh, yeah, for me, it's unnecessary risk. If you hold Cam as your backup, are you going to be able to use him? Or if you draft him late, are you going to want to utilize him early? Maybe he's just the changed dude. But with this situation better, 17-game Cam is easily a top 10 to to 15 quarterback. Yeah, and I, I think the thing with him is that as, as a spot start, as a streamer, like he gives you top five upside every time he's he's under center, you know, and uh, because of that yeah. rushing ability, because of the fact that 
they'll use him as a goal line quarterback. Like, like they don't care. Like, like they don't care. Like if they overuse Cam Newton, like they have their quarterback of the future now, you know? So like yeah. they're going to use him as much as possible. He's going to be running the ball. He has better weapons, um, better system. He, you know, he likes throwing to the tight end and they got two of them. So this is a situation that, that is going to be good for Cam Newton going into next year. Um, so I want to go get into like a quarterbacks that we, we might be aiming for. Um, were there any other quarterbacks that moved a lot in your rankings that you want to hit on right before before we do that? Um, Matt Ryan did move up a little bit for me. Okay. I, I like the addition of Kyle Pitts. Makes um, sense. For sure. Yeah, you know, I'm just what do you have Matt a Ryan? little mix. I have him at 15. I have him yeah. as like a high upside I'm... quarterback just because he's, you know, consistently been decent. Um, I don't think he's going to make as many turnovers as he did last year with Dirk Cutter gone. I think with the addition of Kyle Pitts and Julio coming back healthy, Matt Ryan does have that quarterback one upside, and especially because he has no one behind him, which is what we thought was it's Trey Lance or whatever, but didn't end up happening. So, yeah, I, I like Matt Ryan as a potential top 15 quarterback. Yeah, I have him at 14. What do you have, Joe Burrow? Yeah. 13. Okay. Okay. Yeah, same, okay. same thing. I have my 13 nice. as well. Look at that. Look at that. All right, cool. Um, Let's see. Okay, so who are we aiming for here? I think, like we mentioned Lamar Jackson, you know, if his ADP stays like fifth round or so, that's a steal. Um, I, I do not like Ryan Tannehill's ADP. I think that was established. No, He's going at the, as like the quarterback 13 right now off the board. Um, I just need way more room than that if I'm going to – Where's Justin Herbert going? For whatever upside. Um, Justin Herbert's going around like the the – the fourth round or so, fourth, fifth really? round, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like right, right around Lamar. Um, <laughs> and, and, and it's unfortunate because like he's somebody that you know you you would hope to. You know, he threw thirty touchdowns in his rookie year, so you're hoping that he. Jalen Hurts, where's he going? Uh, he, dude. So let's talk about Jalen Hurts' ADP. Unfor- unfortunately, he's not so much a late round quarterback at all anymore. People have figured this one out. He's going as the quarterback eleven or so, around the seventh, eighth round. Uh, would you consider taking him there? Like, I know you like taking quarterbacks late, but what do you think about that value? When it's all said and done, I think in a real, and, and I know this is real data from best ball, but. Um, and every league is different, obviously. Every right? league like is different. Some, some quarterbacks end up coming off the board <laughs> early. Some, some quarterbacks in certain leagues don't like, like the third quarterback gets taken like the seventh yeah. round. Like it, it's, you never know what's going to happen, but and you know what? I feel like a lot of general, times it leads towards the second one. Like you said, where the third quarterback is going to be taken late. If Hertz is really going to be drafted past the top 10, I think we'll be able to get him past the 10th round. Um, I think in leagues that we play in, yeah. Right. Like people have caught sure. it. Right. And like, there's a reason why ADP is the average data. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's, it's, you know, it, we would definitely, we want to like, you know, talk about what happens in like really, really competitive leagues that like the ones that sure. we're in. Um, but like, I feel like in most leagues, that's where he's going to be at now. Uh, uh, in most leagues, like I might be able to get Jalen Hurts in like the 10th round where I'm taking him every time. But if you're in, if you're in a situation where he's the best quarterback on the board and it's the seventh eighth round, someone's going to take him. So would you be willing to take the shot there? Yeah, if if that's where the eleventh quarterback is being taken, then yeah, I'm willing to make that price. I'm willing to pay that price because I hate to keep getting so logistical. But if he's the eleventh quarterback taken, that means other guys have slipped at this point. 
um, right. which might mean better value down the line in the later rounds. And it might also mean if you don't get your quarterback now, who knows what's going to be available in three or four rounds. You could always go the Trey Lance route, which is um, what I was talking about earlier, getting like a Trey Lance and pairing him with someone else. But, you know, if Jalen Hurts is the 10th, 11th quarterback being taken off the board, I have no problem uh, paying that price, whether it's seventh or eighth round, like you're saying, or if it's in the, one of the leagues we're in, one of the competitive leagues, and it ends up being like ninth, 10th, 11th round, I'd still be fine with that price as well. I think it's right. a decent spot to take them. Okay. Uh, I want no, my foundation I, I, first, my three quarterback, three running back. I mean, three quarterback, three running back, three wide receivers. Okay. I like that. The three, three, three method. Um, Joe Burrow. Okay. I like Joe Burrow, right? Yeah. Obviously. Like, I love his weapons, right? Like, he might be had, like, <laughs> I mean, if, you know, we all think that Jamar Chase is going to work out. And, and if the, he does, he's going to have the best wide receiver core in the league. Uh, but coming off the ACL, you know, I'm not sure, like, Listen, his price right now, seventh, eighth round as well, right? Mm-hmm. He's going off the board as like the quarterback 10, 11, 12-ish, you know, and, yeah. and where do you have him? I think I have him at quarterback 12. No, I have him at quarterback 13. 13. Um, so, like, you're kind of drafting him where, like, we have him ranked, right? So, like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'll be going there. Like, if it's him and Hurts on the board, I'm going to Hurts every time, obviously. Yeah. Um, but you know, Joe Burrow is kind of going around the same spot. You know, that's kind of what it boils down to. Like if those two guys are staring at you at the board, you're taking Hertz 10 out of 10 times. Yeah. You know, so there's just not a situation where I would draft Burrow. If the person before me picks Hertz, I don't think Joe Burrow is worth that type of investment coming off that torn ACL. So then I'll probably end up doing the Trey Lance method. Um, a lot of times when I'm drafting, I just kind of have this list of draftable guys. Exactly. And see if I'm able to get any of those guys. And if I'm not, I'll just keep, you know, pushing that need further and further until it gets to the point where like, all right, this is appropriate time to take Trey Lance. That's what I do. Like basically what, what I end up doing is whatever platform I'm, I'm drafting on, I, I just print out their like ADP sheet, right? In the order of what they should be drafted at. Yep. And then I just, I highlight all of the guys that I want, like from like zero to 300, like, you know, all the guys that are going to be draftable. I just highlight all the guys I'm willing to take. And if they're not highlighted, I probably won't be taking them. Every guy has a value. Every guy has value. Exactly. Unless it's stupid value, right? Mm -hmm. Unless that value is staring me in the face and I'm like, okay, I'm going to take this guy. I didn't want him, but he fell like four rounds. I'm going to take him. Like in that, in those situations, like I, I I usually do that. Um, Okay. Matt Stafford, you know, he's now going off around the eighth round in 12 team leagues. I feel like in most leagues, he's, you know, the leagues that I'm playing in, Stafford's going to go pretty late. Um, sure. And it, it kind of sucks, like, if he's going in the eighth round, because, like, he was someone I was looking at late originally. Like, people have caught up a little bit. Like, I like his situation. He's a veteran. Um, you know, he was on a shitty team for most of his career. Like, actually, no, his whole career. Um, and he gets weapons, you know, with a great scheme. And like, but I'm not sure I'm biting it at the price right now. At that price, I'm not. Yeah, I, I, I've said this time and time again. I, I think the Rams want to run it. I think this this is a Rams team that wants to be run first team. And Stafford gives them the flexibility to do that and come through in situations where he is needed. I don't think they're going to revolve their offense. I, I, I think what Matt Stafford is, he's <laughs> he's an elite game manager. Matt Stafford. Oh, that's a Ooh, burn. That's a Matt burn. Stafford burn. He is an elite game manager. Um, he's a he's a good quarterback, but 
I couldn't put him in that tier with like Tom Brady, Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, Jalen Hurts, uh, Justin Herbert. I just wait. You go from that tier to game manager tier, elite game manager. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? An elite game manager. You know, I, I have him ranked one higher than Joe Burrow, who is not an elite game manager. He's a coming off a torn ACL. So it's like a, a tier filled of different guys with different risk. I, I just classify Matt Spaff- Stafford specifically as an elite game manager. Um, <laughs> and if you're the Rams, that's what you want, right? You want a guy who can get it done if you need. Think of Ryan Fitzpatrick at his best, right? An elite game manager. That's the line. Okay, so so I kind of put them in, in similar boats where like they'll be willing to take those shots, right? Yeah. A game manager, like you know, kind of dinks, dunks, first downs. Maybe they'll take a shot here and there, but they won't connect. Matt Stafford, like he he'll be able to hit those guys deep. You know what I mean? He'll, he'll, yeah. Does okay. Let me ask you a question. Do okay. you think what are the, okay? Obviously, we know Teddy Bridgewater, ultimate game manager, right? Ultimate. Do you would you be surprised? If Matt Stafford threw forty touchdowns this year, like like surprised to the point where like holy shit, I did not see that coming at all. Like would that totally surprise you? Because I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say that would not surprise me. Here's why. Okay. Here's why. He has been on a crappy team his entire career, right? Sure. Um, he hasn't had you know he he ha- he's had some weapons. His offensive coordinators have been terrible over the years. And now he's paired up with Sean McVay, who schemes guys open. He's going to be, he has weapons, Robert Woods. You know what I'm saying? If Jared Goff was able to do what he did, you know, become fantasy relevant on his own, have have the type of season he had a couple of years ago with Robert Woods, with Cooper Cup, with those guys, like I have a great feeling that Stafford can do some things. Now, I'm not saying he's throwing 40 touchdowns, but I think he's in a situation where he might be in the best spot of his career in terms of the combination of scheme and weapons, which is why I think he can have one of the best years possible. You know what I kind of equate it to a little bit? Uh, Carson Palmer, when he got with Bruce Arians, when Carson Palmer and Bruce yeah. Arians got together, you know, Carson Palmer had one of the best, you know, careers of his uh, seasons of his career uh, because he just met the right offense coordinator and he had the weapons. That's kind of how I view the situation a little bit. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Maybe I didn't give Matt Stafford enough credit. I'm looking at what do you some have of right what now? he's done. Just curious. What happened? What do you have him right now? Right. 12th. Oh, you have him 12th? Yeah. Okay. So, so you, you're relatively high on him. You're relatively high on him. Okay. Okay. So we, we Matt we don't Stafford have did like, actually yeah. throw 40 touchdowns one year in 2011. He did. He did. But only one year. And like the rest yeah. of the years, it was like 32, 33, 34. And then we get an extra game. So what is, you know. What is 40 touchdowns? touchdowns (laughs) (laughs) Nothing, nothing. All right. So I'm going to get into a couple of the late round quarterbacks I'm currently interested in. Um, Okay. And I'm going by like whatever ADP I see. Uh, Carson Wentz in the 12th. Like, okay. Obviously, there are alternatives here. So as I mentioned these names, obviously, I'm going to say I'm going to have a favorite, right? But like, I'm just going to tell you the guys that I am okay with, right? Carson Wentz in the 12th round. Okay with it. Not overly excited, right? If Justin Fields is the starter, Trey Lance is the starter, their ADPs are going to rise. But I'm fine taking a shot on them after the 10th round. So are you, obviously, right? Specifically, Trey Lance. Um, I'll take a shot on Trevor Lawrence 
even yeah. as a rookie. I think his weapons are decent enough to get something going there, right? Like he has, I think Marvin Jones underrated this year. DJ Shark, we know that he he could be a playmaker. Um, Travis Etienne, you know, Travis Etienne, going to be the next Percy Harvin, Lavisca Chanel. Like there is a situation where you know he could be good. Like there's obviously a lot of doubts around Urban Meyer right now, and like all the stuff surrounding with his thoughts all all out there, and you know everyone's judging him before he he takes the field, but you know. There is a chance that Trevor Lawrence comes through in his first year. We somehow mentioned, like, I'm looking at all the names of the quarterbacks. We somehow mentioned, like, all 30, like, 30 guys, like, at least once. One guy we have not mentioned is Baker Mayfield. Hmm. A lot of people really think he belongs in that top 15, top 20 tier. And um, when it comes to when he needs to throw the ball, I, I think they'd be correct in that aspect of like when he needs to throw, he could be a top 10 to 15 guy. So we're but talking, just, be, we're talking difference between real football and fantasy football. Precisely. So like Baker Mayfield's playing great, but at the same time, this is a system where they're just going to run it the entire game. There's games where Baker Mayfield does little to nothing because he doesn't need to. And that's when it really affects his value. So when he has to throw it, maybe it's a closer matchup that has a good run defense and a weak secondary in that situation. Yeah. I'll take Baker Mayfield as a flyer that week. I'll probably put him in my draft Kings lineup or use him as a streamer if I need to, but he's not a consistent week to week guy just because of how they operate their offense. And I just want to throw the, that by in the there because you get a lot of questions about that. Okay. Okay. Glad you addressed that. And by the way, like, look at their schedule this year. Like it is like Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are going to go crazy. Like the schedule is so good for their running game. And that's what they do best. Kevin yeah. Stefanski probably got the schedule and he was like, Oh Holy my shit. goodness. <laughs> yeah, Draft Demetrius like, Felton. We need more in this back. <laughs> <laughs> we need more running back. We need more <laughs> run, uh, wide receivers. I mean, this tournament's a running back. It's fine. Like, you know, and, and I couldn't believe it. Like when I saw the schedule, I was just like, this is going to be Nick Chubb's schedule. This dude's going to run for 2,500 yards. If he stays healthy, it's going to be a wrap. He can break the record. Um, but yeah, so this is not good. It doesn't, look like it's gonna be, it doesn't look like it's going to be Baker Mayfield's year, uh, yeah, in terms not. of like putting up gaudy numbers, like it's just not going to happen, not in this offense. Yep. Um, maybe if he's if he's in another, you know, Joe Brady or like with like you know, uh, you know, Dirk Cutter, you know, if he was even coaching, like you know, it, it was it, it would be you know, it would be totally different in that situation. Let me, let me ask you something out of this top. Outside of this top 10, top 15, or let's say like past the 10th round quarterbacks, who would you, bless you, who would you uh, qualify as a guy outside that range that can finish in the top three, top four, top three, top two, top one? Who has that type of upside? Because the question is always, Who's the next Lamar? Who's the next Mahomes? Who's the next late round guy? And I hate putting titles on these type of people, but I think when you're talking about a late round value that has that type of upside, who would you put in that category? For me, Trey Lance, uh, not Derek Carr. I have Trey Lance at 16 right now. <laughs> Keep moving him up. <laughs> An hour later, I have Trey Lance at two, and here's why. It's like no, because no, no. Derek Carr I, is at 37. Did I? What did I say? Did I say he was uh, later than that? I don't think I did. Uh, I don't remember. I, yeah, think no. people, I think you had him at 18 or something. Unless No, no 16. 16. I had him at 16. Oh, uh, okay. Cam, Cam Newton, I had at 18. Um, but regardless, guys outside the top, uh, outside of round 10, who you think could have oh, outside that of round t- Outside of round 10. Yeah, 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 okay. That's a different question. Okay. okay yeah, yeah. Um, Justin Fields, 
Trey Lance. Um, I think Trey Lance particularly. I think he's yeah. he's the number he's number one guy. I think the other guy who could be top five um, is uh, Taysom Hill. You know, that's like the other guy. Obviously, we don't know what his role is, right? Um, so he's he's in that situation, right? So like he's just literally like. If he's the guy, then you, you throw him in your lineup, right? He the last guy in the top five, I will but... add to that list is Cam sure. Newton. I mean, think about it. If we get the best of Cam Newton with his rushing floor, he could be a top five quarterback. We're not going to get the best of Cam Newton, though. We saw the best of Cam, best of Cam Newton. For the dude. price for the price of this for the price oh, of zero. Okay, but listen. But here's the thing: is he going to be a top five? You, you, this is what you said. You said top three to top five, right? So that that elevates them to like very elite level. But I think Trey Lance can get there. Um, listen, I sure. think Justin Fields can get there too. I mean, listen, if he's the guy week one, you know, or even if he's not, let's look at this on a week by week basis, right? Let's say he's the guy week five, whatever. It doesn't matter, right? Justin Herbert, if he started week five and he killed it the rest of the way, you still be extremely happy, right? Um, yeah. But Justin Fields... You know, he has rushing ability. He has pinpoint accuracy. He has, you know, if Darnell Mooney's who he is, who, you know, who we think he is, uh, or we think, you know, or a lot of people think he is, like, and they, they, he has Allen Robinson, Cole Komet potentially taking a step forward. Maybe Matt Nagy's actually a good coach. Like, we don't know that yet. Um, who knows, right? They have, yeah. they have some options there. So we'll see how that situation works out. But these are the guys who I think can make it in the top, um, the top five. Now, Trevor Lawrence, man, this guy was the number one pick for a reason, right? Yeah. And like, you know, look what you know. I think Joe Burrow wasn't having a, like a ridiculous, like gaudy season, but he looked really good as a rookie before he got hurt, right? Like he wasn't throwing up three touchdowns a game, but you know that he was able to get it done, right? Trevor Lawrence could be that guy, right? Um, listen, uh, people sleeping on Zach Wilson too, right? Like Zach Wilson's like nowhere to be mentioned, but I think the theme of this right now is that these rookies. rookies Yep. can be you know these all these rookies have a really good chance to start like pretty soon you know uh in the nfl so you know within the first few weeks zach wilson's probably going to start week one right the jets have oh he, he should i don't so, think they're gonna throw james morgan into the mix or so listen like if justin fields is not starting week one right and then and let's say he you know because he's not starting week one, someone throws him on waivers, right? In your in your league, because like quarterbacks are overvalued in your league for whatever reason, right? And why would you not have Zach Wilson Wilson on your roster at the end of your bench? You want to have him at the end of your bench because, like, obviously you're like, oh, why would I just draft him? Well, you draft him because you see how he does week one, yeah. right? Because remember what his ceiling is, guys. His ceiling is Patrick Mahomes, right? That's his ceiling, right? Because he does amazing things, you know, you know, on his good days. Right. So you have to make you have to like understand that that's a possibility. You know, I, we all think that he's automatically going to be Mitch Trubisky because he got drafted by the Jets. Um, but the upside is there. Right. So, like, again, these rookies, you know, you want to you want to take a shot on them. Justin Herbert, great example. If Patrick Mahomes started year one, you know, over Alex Smith, he would have been just fine. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But yeah, th- th- those those are the guys that. But that's a good question, though. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Awesome. Um, so Cam Newton. Like he's one of my favorite picks in the 14th round. Um, Sam Darnold in the 14th round. If Cam is, Cam's taken, Ryan Fitzpatrick, someone I'm, I'll be aiming for. You know, super late if I don't have a quarterback and if, or if I need somebody. You know, let me ask you this, man. Like I think if you if you're picking two quarterbacks super late, 
right? In a super flex, like you already grabbed your first quarterback, very solid. You have your anchor, and you're gonna pick two quarterbacks super late. And you're picking two you're picking two starters, right? Well, let's say they're already taken because they got taken like the 13th round. Let's say Ryan Fitz Ryan Fitzpatrick should be one of your two options, in my opinion. I really do. Um, and you could depend on him as your third guy. Um, but I think he's somebody that can easily, while he's playing, give you top 10 value at the quarterback position in, for fantasy, you know, as his upside, you know, with that anchor that you drafted, you know, in the first few rounds. Um, who else? Um, I think what's a really interesting strategy, too, is I've talked about getting these high upside quarterbacks late. Um, and then, well, high upside, like rookie quarterbacks late in the hopes that they'll start by the time a quarterback has their bye week. What if you combine that strategy with like the Cam Newton, like, oh, this guy's when he's starting the first seven or eight games, he'll be elite. But after that, you know, you could probably drop him and then it might be Mac. So what if you combine that with the Trey Lance strategy of like you get elite Cam and then by the time Cam's done, you get elite Trey. And then it's like, boom, two, 14, 13 round quarterbacks and you get a QB one season. I think you should change your name from the fantasy football analyst to the fantasy football mad scientist. Cause that Dude, would, I'm that loving would, Trey Lance. That's I'm great. Loving. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I think that's pretty much it. Did you have any other guys like late round guys that, that, that you want to take a shot on? All right, that's all I had really. Trying to see if there's any guys we didn't really, we didn't really touch on Kirk Cousins that much, but nothing really too much. Has I, I, changed I don't for really him. have much to say. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> He's <laughs> just besides, that Kirk yeah, Cousins besides, is a guy we don't talk about, and then he just yeah. does his thing. And we, I mean, he killed it late last year. 20. He killed it late last year, um, but I'm, he's not somebody I'll be drafting. He'll be somebody I'll pick up off of waivers if I need somebody. Yeah, dude, we literally touched on, yeah. I think, everyone. Pretty much everybody. Okay, awesome. All right, well, okay. this episode um, was the update episode from our quarterback rankings. We're going to do this for each position over the next couple of weeks, see where guys moved, who we're moving, who were, you know, who are values, who we're willing to take early, that sort of thing. Uh, since we're post-draft, we got we to gotta keep it updated for you guys. So thank you guys for listening. Um, I'm Upper Hand Fantasy on Instagram. Joe is fantasy.football.analyst on Instagram. Go check our pages out over there. Uh, give us a review if you can um, for the on the podcast. If you can you know, just rate us and review us, that'll be amazing. It really helps us out a lot uh, so more people can discover the podcast. So we really appreciate you guys. Um, and we'll see you guys soon. Take it easy. Peace.